Welcome back to the Toon Under podcast, the Southern Hemisphere's best and only dedicated Newcastle United podcast. We are all buzzing after that fantastic result this morning, our time against that lot from Manchester. And tonight, <laughs> I'm joined by Lee. Lee, how are you feeling about uh, this morning's result? Oh, yeah, it's been a, a... It was a fairly good time to start with, wasn't it? It was like 6.15 where we are and 7.15 where you are. Um, so I suppose that verges yeah. onto the work time. Uh, but good time to start the game. Um, my emotions after the game were are, are really just pride. Like that, that just just pride in the in the in the guys who turned up, the the people who haven't seen much in the way of game time. Uh, pride in the way that they went about their job uh, in a, in a venue that we traditionally do absolutely terrible at, and um, to see the likes of Tino and Hall sort of flourish a little bit into their Newcastle careers, if you like. It was just it was just it was just brilliant. I mean, we 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 could have been overawed with the the size of the stadium and and the the quality of the opposition and the the history of the play, of the team and everything. But the guys went about it professionally. They did exactly what was required. Um, and I'm just I'm just so proud, man. That was it was, and it was a and it was a pretty good performance as well. You know, it was for for a team that we'll get to it in a minute had a, had a fair few changes in it. It was a it was a pretty good performance and it's clear that there's you know there's a consistency between the first team and people who come into that first team afterwards of style of play and and, and how they're being told to to stick to their positions and their jobs and i'm just i'm just so i'm just so happy man so so really proud for those boys and um, it was it was an excellent result exactly right i think that's the word that i feel the most uh tonight now after that game is, is pride i mean we've we've seen a lot of rubbish from our club for a very long time and there's really a day there's really a day where going to old trafford we think we're going to get any result let alone <laughs> score three goals and, and not concede a goal even i mean even the most hardened fan at half time we're playing very well at 2-0 i think most of us thought shit if they get the first goal in the second half we could yeah. be we could be in trouble i think that's what we, we all thought but I thought that, it's yeah. just it, it's just not that way anymore with this club and under Eddie, I mean, it doesn't matter who plays. I mean, we're, we're playing players who haven't played in a year and a half, out of position, mind you. We're playing 18-year-olds. We're, we're playing virtually a team or half a team of fullbacks, which we'll get into in a second. We're, yeah. And we're doing over Ten Hag's multi-million dollar uh, lineup. So, it, yeah, it's a pride is, is a fantastic word to describe, and we'll, we'll get into that shortly. Before we do get into the game and, and the lineups, just another reminder, if you like what we do, or even if you don't like what we do, we like everybody. Give us a like, subscribe, uh, leave a comment on our videos. We love interacting with everybody. It's all, it's all great for us. It's humbling to to see so many people like and comment our our videos. Wherever you listen to the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever they're called these days, uh, give us a five star review, a comment. We appreciate all the support we get from everybody, and uh, all the comments and reviews really help us get up there, get up the charts, and help get our content out there. So um. We'll jump into the teams, Lee, and we'll jump into probably our team first. And look, we all thought there was going to be a very changed lineup, and we probably had a half one and over one eye thinking, "Geez, what lineup is this going to be?" We're hoping it's <laughs> it's going to be somewhat competitive because I don't think many of us had a positive outlook going to the game. But when you saw that lineup, 
against these boys, what did you think? What did you think we were capable of before the game in terms of this uh, this eleven? Well, look, cards on the table. I didn't care if we went out of this competition. All right, so given that we are in the Champions League and doing probably a lot better than most of us would have expected, given that we've still got FA Cup to come, given that we are top six, seven, whatever it is in the league right now, and and you know, getting better, although obviously the, the injuries are starting to have their toll a little bit. I was I was happy enough to see the, I want to say the kids, but they're not kids. There's, there's a bunch of seasoned pros in here, but I, I was happy to see the effectively second team get a full run out. There was a time last season, I can't remember what game it was, and it might have even been in this competition where I actually thought, oh, Eddie Howe's going to chuck out a team like this where it's basically 95% play, players who, who don't get much time. But he actually went with a, a largely first-team uh, selection instead. And so you never, you don't quite know what to expect from Eddie when it comes to this kind of game. But when you, when you saw this team sheet come out, I think it was fairly obvious to say, to, to come to the conclusion that Eddie probably wasn't that bothered if we went out either. Like, he... He's he's more more concerned with giving the likes of Dummett, Target, Hall, Kraft. I mean, for God's sake, Kraft hasn't had a game. He's my boy. Um, Tino, Dubravka, for God's sake. He, he exists. Um, Richie, you know, like all these kind of guys who are just not getting game time for one reason or another. And I think he was happy to just give them a bit of, bit of minutes in the legs. Um, and if we went out, so be it they would get uh, time in the legs and that would be beneficial for the team in other competitions. So I didn't mind it. At the same time, I was a little bit worried as well because as much as I didn't care whether we went through or not, I didn't want us to get absolutely embarrassed either. And so you look at this team, Dubravka barely plays a game, although he, he is a good keeper, but you don't know where his head is anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I just, I don't know if I can trust this guy anymore. Um, I haven't said that, he did great. Um, Tino obviously has all the promise in the world, but we haven't really had a chance to see it yet. Kraft just coming back. Um, Dummett, hardly ever plays. Target, hardly ever plays. Hall, hardly ever plays. You know, Willock's coming back from injury. Richie, hardly ever plays. So I thought when I looked at the Man United team, I thought we'll get onto it in a minute. I just thought this is probably going to be a bit of a man, men against boys kind of scenario there. But Credit to all the lads who who trotted out in the black and white. They did themselves an absolute world of good um, and deservedly went out winners. I thought I just thought this team played absolutely tremendously. I really did. What did you make of this one? Yeah, so the the surprising or not surprising, I mean, there's no real other options we had, to be honest. We we've got a bare bones squad at the moment and we we need to protect certain players in the squad, i.e. Wilson, Bruno trips we, we need to really protect them from these games we're already playing two games a week so the third game in a week is just is just too much the weird thing for me to see was was matt richie in that lineup i can't remember a game Matt richie's played for us i i don't know if he's played in the last he might have played off the bench uh in a game i think they were saying he played against southampton late last season off the bench but mm. i've barely seen him on the bench lately let alone starting a game so to see him start was a blast from the past. It was, it was uh, <laughs> old school uh, 
Steve Bruce Newcastle with uh, Dummett at the back and yeah. Longy there and, and Richie. Joe Linton at centre forward. Well, named at centre forward. That was old school Joe Linton with his old number nine. So, look, you're right. Seeing the lineups, and we'll get on to Man United's lineup in a sec, but seeing the lineups, it, it, it didn't fill you with enormous hope that um, this team would uh, but, do much. But, but look at this, though, man. Everyone's had a comment on this, but like, there's, a, there's legitimately four fullbacks, full-time fullbacks there who started in various positions, including centre-back. There's not a recognised centre-back there at all. You could bundle Hall and, and, and Richie into that if you were feeling really kind of funny about it. So that could potentially be six full-backs. Then we brought on Trippier and Byrne. So we played, you could almost say we played eight full-backs in this game. Not a single recognised centre-back. And, I'm, and, you know, as I said before, I think Byrne is very much a full-back now. No striker, no recognised striker. And we still ran out 3-0 and were barely, barely tested. Incredible. I mean, and it goes... It's unbelievable. It goes goes towards a lot of what's going on at that circus down there in Manchester as well, mind you. Let's not pretend that it was in a vacuum here. But nonetheless, you know, you you can only beat the guys in front of you. And every game you expect them to come out there and try and win. Well, Well, yeah. Well, let's not forget, Wilson's been scoring most of our goals. Miggy did start the game on the bench and he he probably is another goal scorer. Gordon has been chipping in, but you don't see Joe Linton as a goal scorer, Richie as a goal scorer, and Willock hasn't played all season. So you're thinking not only we've got no centre-backs, but we've got no strikers. So we can't score, we can't defend. It doesn't lend to a great result pre-game. <laughs> but that's why they play the game and that's why we're in this chair and we're not in Eddie's house chair. But we'll get on to the, uh, the Manchester United lineup and... You're right, Lee. There was definitely a lot more household names in, in that lineup, and it, it definitely felt like a lot more of a. I mean, it wasn't a full strength lineup. They had a couple of players on the bench. They had Bruno Fernandes on the bench. They had Rashford. They had Ericsson on the bench. But it looked like to me that Ten Hag had no intention of not winning this game, and he really needed for him a win. The, the club, as poor as they were against Manchester City, it was Manchester City. They needed to rebound from that derby defeat. So. Looking at that lineup, who who concerns you uh, pre-game at least in terms of what what they could do to us? I mean, in general, I look at that team and I think that is that should be on paper a far far stronger team than the team that we put out. So that was my yeah. first impression. That was it was a team that I thought probably the same as you. He was ringing some changes, but I think he was hedging his bets as well. Probably didn't probably did what I just explained about. Eddie Howe last season, he chucked in a few changes, but he kept a few of the um, more senior players as well. So, I mean, Anana is, I'm, 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 I might touch on this later on, but um, I think He's rubbish. You, can point, you can point the finger to him for a lot of the reasons why Man United are struggling this season. Uh, the transformer, Regulon, don't know anything about him. Lindelof, uh, Slabheed Maguire, the, the human fridge. Dallo, Dallo, however you pronounce that. Casemiro, obviously seasoned international. Hannibal, don't know much about him. That's who's shown there, who looks a bit like Anthony in a terrible wig. Uh, Mason Mount, obviously brand new to the club for a lot of money, a lot of experience in Chelsea and England. Uh, Ganacho, still very young, but showed a lot of promise last season anyway. Then, of course, Anthony Marshall, who hasn't been seen too much, but give him half a yard and he'll he'll score a goal. He's, he's got that ability to score goals whenever he wants most of the time yeah. this time he was terrible so but yeah 
at the start of the game, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, bloody hell, I mean, Anthony, all right, Anthony is awful. Uh, sorry, I forgot to mention Anthony's there as well. Anthony, I just think he's terrible. So I wasn't too worried about him. Mason Mount can do some good stuff when he's in the right mood or in the right team. Casemiro, as we know, tends to like to score against us and do well against us. Um, and then Maguire, who's having a little bit of a renaissance, I think. Um, so they, ha they have talent throughout that team. And, and I was yep. genuinely concerned that we were going to get beasted in this game just due to the to the experience as much as anything else in, in that yeah. Man United team against the team that were playing against Newcastle. But it just did not happen. Yeah, well, it, it was a big thing pre-game for me, seeing that they rushed back Casemiro. I mean, he hasn't played for a, for a while. He's been injured. So for them to rush him back to this game and, and, and think he, he's ready to play said to me that he was desperate to win this game and he he wanted an experienced head on the pitch to try and not guide them through the game but sort of try to bully us off the pitch, especially with our younger players and more inexperienced players. So that was their thinking. And pre-game, they'll probably – you looked at that again. You looked at that line and you're thinking, yeah, they're, they're probably going to have too much quality for us, too much experience. But that's why they play the games, Lee. And uh, we'll get into the match now. And uh, look – Two minutes in, it uh, it was a bit of a groundhog day for us, wasn't it? Because two minutes in, Matty Target goes oh. down, holding his hamstring, and you're thinking, what the F is going on at this club and what ladder have we walked under to cough another injury? That look, it, Initially, it looked like, for me, a non-contact injury, which which is worse, but it was his hammy that he seemed to yeah. pull when he, when he stretched. So, I mean, hamstrings can be medium term, but it's it's not the worst result if it's only a standard three or four week hamstring. Hopefully it's only that. But what did you think after two minutes when uh Matty Target, who was playing in midfield or apparently was supposed to be playing in midfield, That's right. went off after two minutes. What what did you think of uh how that game was about to pan out? Well I didn't really know if it was going to affect us too much. It's too early in the game to know how he's settling in. It's too early to know Eddie Howe said as you say it, it was a bit of an experiment that we wanted to see if they could play yeah. a target in the midfield area just in case that might be needed later in the yeah. season given that we're going to play a minimum of 50 games here uh, now that we've won this one and it makes sense you know again that just kind of highlights that Eddie Howe wasn't that concerned if we had to win out of this game didn't no, really care trialing, that much he's trialing that things he's experimenting the fullback in a midfield position exactly you know um, and that's fine you know I, I'm, I would, if we had lost this game I would not have minded too much as long as we weren't absolutely embarrassed and then talk exactly and the thing right, about yeah. target, the thing about target as well is the last game or the game before when he came on as a sub, he looked pretty bloody sharp as well. He gave yeah. us something down that wing that we haven't well that we don't usually get with Dan Byrne, and that is somebody who can cross the ball and he can take yeah. a set piece every now and again as well. And he did pretty well. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that's right. Target's not terrible, he's actually a pretty good player. I forgot because I haven't seen him for so long. Yeah. And he's basically been uh, usurped by Dan Byrne the moment that Dan Byrne arrived from Brighton. Target was like, right your second choice straight away, even though he'd done great the season before. So he goes down and you're thinking, all right, so we've got all these bloody injuries already. We're going to play up to this point, we're playing 40 odd games. Target as an option at left back is really valuable because Dan Byrne cannot play every single game at bloody left back. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. And even if he could, you're going to want to switch it up every now and again to give us new legs, new ideas. Yeah bit more, you know, a bit more attacking threat, a bit more defensive solidarity, solidity in some cases, depends on how Dan Burns getting uh, taken on. And he goes down after two minutes and you're like, ah, 
Jeez. You couldn't blame the St. James's Park pitch because it's at Old Trafford. So that's gone out the window. It's not shitting it down, which, like, if it was nope. it was predicted to be shitting down, it was forecast. Yes. And I was like, oh, here we go. Third game in a row where we're going to get absolutely soaked. Nah, that didn't happen. So it's just, and he's only, he hasn't, he's only just getting back in the team. And it's just so disappointing for the lad. You could see when he went down, he's, he's slapping yeah. the floor. You know, he I don't know why him. the hell. I don't know why the hell we made him walk off, by the way. Like, if it's a hammy, surely we can stick two arms, like two shoulders around his arms and yeah. limp it off, not walk all the way around the bloody pitch. But um, yeah. it was so disappointing. Target seems to be a nice lad. He, he, um, he's not getting a fair crack at it because Dan Burns doing such a good job there. Yeah. And it was, it, it just felt, I think it could have justifiably said, all right, this ain't our day. This just isn't going to be our day here. You know? Yeah. But, and I was thinking, now that he's injured for four weeks, whatever it might be, because Eddie Howe said it's quite serious, could even be six. I was thinking, shit, who to put there? But we've got Hull. <clears throat> so Hull, given how well he played today, probably has just stuck a stake in the ground and sort of said to Eddie Howe, ah, you know, I'm ready. I can come in and do a job. Score a bloody goal as well, if you don't, if you, if you want me to. So yeah, exactly. in, in hindsight, it's probably not as damaging as it could have been, but it was so it was so disappointing, so upsetting. Yeah, for, for Pooh. Yeah, it, it, it's it's upsetting for him, you're right, because people forget last season, game one, he was our left-back. So he started the season at left-back, and Dan Byrne played the first game at centre-back with Cher, with yep. Botman on the bench. I remember because I was I was there. Hey, hey. And, um, <laughs> and Target, Target did a fantastic job for us when he signed on loan, and then we all thought 13 million, whatever it was, fantastic buy. He's a solid Premier League seven out of ten fullback. So it, it it's upsetting for him because he's you're right, he's looked sharp recently when he's come on and he gives us a bit more going forward than, than Byrne does. So look as as lo- as long as we've got Hall, yes, we've got a backup, but it's just one less option and one less one less body and, and we're we're yeah. really struggling for bodies at the moment. So for me it was more Miggy as well. Miggy looked like he needed a rest from the weekend and, he, well, and he's having two, two minutes off and he's coming straight straight into the game. And the way Miggy a, plays, yeah. he doesn't play at 50%, he plays 100%. So that's a good you're point. You're thinking the worst. Yeah, you're thinking the worst. Miggy's going to come on and hurt himself. Thank goodness he didn't. And uh, I think he ended up playing the rest of the game, which is unbelievable fitness from him. But we'll get on to the rest of the, the first half. So after that change, it seemed like we were a little bit circumspect in the first 10 to 15 minutes. We weren't really trying to press press them they were probably having the territory without troubling us and we weren't sort of getting in behind them as much as we could probably we're not playing a striker that's probably one of the reasons we're not having that natural focal focal point up front where Wilson would come short and and hold yeah. the ball up but this is a bunch and, of people who haven't played together either so like you know it's, it's yeah. hardly surprising well exactly right and we all like like you said before we all going into this game not expecting a result just hoping not to get our pants pulled down, but early early doors. I I really you mentioned Lewis Hall. I, I think he started to me really well. His passing out of defence is fantastic, and he made a couple of killer balls forward towards Willock on the turn and and Gordon on the turn. So him at left back going forward is I think another another option for us, a dynamic option. But the big moment for us, or the first big moment for us, came when that man again, Tino, the uh, cup specialist. Oh. He he won the ball. He won good. the ball beautifully off Ganaccio. He skimmed past Hannibal Lecter, and then he proceeded <laughs> to run 
60 yards and and place an absolutely pinpoint through ball to to Miggy, who was somehow on the left, but he was able to get his shot on his left foot. And then Miggy, Miggy slaughtered it to the far corner. How how good was that run from Tino and, and the finish? It was from beautiful. Miggy? It was beautiful. And, you know, I hope this gives the the Wingen crowd, the Sooks on Twitter X, uh, a little pause for thought. There's been a little bit of narrative in the last two games where certain sections have been complaining about how much money we spent on the likes of Hall and Tino. And yes, look, we did pay a lot of money. But these guys are for the future, mostly. If they can do a yeah. job for us now, that's that's a bonus, frankly, because they're here to replace the likes of Dan Byrne and Kieran Trippier as we go forward. Could even be as early as next season. Who knows? But to suggest that they're a waste of money because they're not playing is it's it's it doesn't make any sense. Short sightedness. Like, Short sightedness. But it doesn't make any sense. Like you know, you you can say they're a waste of money if they play and then they're terrible. But if they don't play, you can't say it's a waste of money because they're assets that could still come in and do an absolutely sensational job, as they both did in this game. And Tino was doing it all game this this game. Um, yeah. He was putting in those little foots, those little uh, sliding tackles. At times when I thought that he'd let his man go a little bit too far behind him, he was actually just tracking a little bit uh, towards the goal so that he'd give himself enough space to do a sweeping kind of tackle as the as the guy tried to kind of cut in. Uh, he looks every 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 bit the, the quality player that we were told that he was before he got his injury. Then he got his injury. Um and you never know how he's going to be, true enough. And you never, you might not even get to those heights. But the way he intercepted that ball, the way he shrugged off, um, was it Anthony again who tried? No, was it Ganacho, Ganacho who tried to tackle him again? Then Hannibal left yeah. up. Yeah, Hannibal. So Ganacho sort of tried to do like a stick his foot in the way, but he just got bundled off it like he wasn't even there. Tino then goes around two people, including fake Anthony. And then he's, he's got the composure to run into the first half, into their, sorry, defensive third. He's only got one option, really. You can't expect him to go towards goal and take a shot, but he looks up. You can see Miggy, who's absolutely legging it from on the left-hand yep. side. I think it's Mason Mount, who just does not yeah. react quick enough or does not have the pace to match no, Miggy anyway. Yep. Um, the ball, as you say, is just set up on a bloody plate, isn't it? I like, you know, a little bit too further forward. It's a problem. A little bit too further back. Mount gets it. It goes right into his path. It's It's superb. Uh, and fair credit to Miggy, by the way. Like he's still got Mason Mount breathing down his neck. He's got the goalkeeper to beat at his near post as well, and he manages to score. Sort of, is he almost falling over or something? When he, yeah, he's, he's sort, sort of, of stretching. Go, he's sort of stretching. Yeah, he's yeah. he's kind of having to, to adjust his entire body to be able to kick that ball in. He came on as a sub, albeit it was only after two minutes. He's probably absolutely goosed after all the games that he's played this season. He still has the. <laughs> You know the, the composure and the strength in his muscles to um, to slot that away. It's a beautiful, it's a brilliant goal. Um, yeah, I suspect Indeed. the keeper could have done better, but um, you know he could have done better on all three, I reckon. But uh, it was just it was just a wonderful counter-attacking. Yeah. Um, up yours, we're not going to just let you roll over us, kind of goal, you know. And, and because we scored that one first, I think it put the shits up them. Yep, I, I think I think you're right, and. Just to talk a, a little bit about Tino, I mean, he he looks a real special talent. I mean, Ugh. technically on the ball, he's fantastic. He's a fantastic size for a fullback. He's big, he's strong, he's commanding, and 
I don't want to put pressure on the on on the boy, but he looks every bit like a Kieran Trippier clone, just maybe three or four foot taller and <laughs> a little bit stronger as well. He may be the 2.0 Trippier in in a couple of years. He 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 looks really special. And you're right. Who cares? They're not playing at the moment because these boys are going to be in the first team for a long a long time to come. And that that run was was special. And, and you're right. It really did put the wind up. Not only the players on the pitch, but I think the crowd got a little bit bothered by that because they probably thought, looking at Newcastle's lineup, it's going to be a victory at least, and maybe get a couple of goals, get a confidence boost, and and move on to the to the Premier League. But that wasn't the case. We got that goal, and you're right. We started to build into the game after that, and not long not long after that, we ended up getting an amazing second goal, a, a two 0 lead at, at Old Trafford. We've Look, we've been there a few times 2-0 and 2-0 hasn't been safe, but we were buzzing at 2-0. So this this goal started with quick thinking from our captain in Sean Longstaff. Credit to him. He's the local lad getting the captain's armband on his 150th appearance as well. So fair credit to Longstaff to play the quick free kick. I thought it was, I thought it was Hall who did that. Was it not Hall who nah, did that one? Longy. Ah, it was Longy. Longy. Right. On. Yeah. It was bloody. It was bloody. It was Longy. Yeah. So Dummett is the one who made his... If you remember the play, Dummett did a Beckenbauer and just started dribbling through the midfield and then <laughs> realised it was getting a bit high, so he fell over. Referee gave us the foul. And then before Man United got their players back, Longy put it out to the left, and that's when we broke and we we moved towards the left-hand side with Willock making a nice running behind their defence. And the ball fell to the edge of the box in the air to our 18-year-old boyhood fan, Lewis Hall, and he... Hit it first time and he arrowed it beautifully to the to the bottom corner. I think you're right. Anana looked like a ton of bricks yeah. trying to get down to that, but sure done by that. it he was, was watching, it was a very he was watching it the whole way. Yeah. He was watching it. You can yeah. see on the replay, he's looking at it. It it was a it was a fantastic finish and what a moment for Lewis Hall and what a moment for us to nil up. How good was that? <sighs> well, that that quick thinking for the for the to take the free kick when there was still like um, I think uh, Anthony in disguise Hannibal he was hanging around the ball. And uh, yep, as you yep. said, Longy, for some reason I thought it was Hull. He just sees the opportunity to spread it wide and get the ball going forward, and he takes it. Um, cheers for the referee, by the way, for not dragging that back because he was busy scratching his ass or something like they sometimes do. Um, I also want to say we, we've missed the runs from Willock. You know, yeah. I, I, as yep. much as we have profited from Gordon, especially down that left hand side. And by the way, Gordon is brilliant, and I don't want him to leave the team, but. We've missed that kind of marauding forward yeah. play from midfield that you get with Willock. And all right, sometimes it doesn't work out and he looks like a tit. Other times he looks like absolute world beater. Um, and I think you also have to give props to that lovely little dink that Miggy did yeah. in between the two defenders. You, you you have to blame the defender for just sort of letting Willock run around the back room. Like, don't get me Shoot. wrong. It was, yeah. it was shocking yeah. defenders. Yeah. Really, really bad. He should have went with his man. But even then, I mean, the, the 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 gap was probably about the size of the ball, literally. And Miggy manages to dink it right through there into the path of Willock. And then you're thinking, is he going to take a shot and hold for like a bundle under the keeper? He sort of lobs it instead. It wasn't a great ball. It just sort of no. goes in the middle and gets headed out by, um, was it Maguire who heads it out? Maguire, yeah. Just sort of slabs heads it, just sticks his slab on it. Not really thinking about what he's doing. It's like, Ooh! and he sort of slabs it to the uh, edge of the box. And then, of course, as you said, on, on the volley as well, Lewis Hall just uh, chances his foot, doesn't he? He just, uh, 
he was afterwards, he was saying he couldn't even quite remember what he did. Just remembers the experience. Uh, he remembers the elation afterwards. He, did, but he can't remember exactly what he was thinking or, or how it came about. Um, but he kicks it. And as I say, if you watch the replay, you can see what Anon is. He's not, he, he has got a few players in front of him, to be fair. But he, he's watching the ball go out to Hall. He's looking at it. He starts to move across his goal to the far post. But like, doesn't bother to do it properly or doesn't bother to really commit yeah. to the move. I don't know if he's thinking, oh, well, if he cuts it into the near post. I think, again, just what I said on the start there, I think if they had De Gea still, all right, he was a bit of a calamity at times, but he could pull out those kind of saves all day, every day, where he gets his fingertips and pushes the ball around the back of the post. And those are the differences. Like, yeah. You know, if 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 they if it's nil nil at this point because De Gea's managed to save the other shot from Miggy as well, he's come out and smothered it or sweeped it or whatever. And he gets his fingertips to this one, it's nil nil. Anything, anything can happen. But as soon as your keeper starts doing things like that and letting the ball in, everybody in that team gets affected because you're losing. Everybody gets affected. Yeah. The manager on the sideline gets affected because he has to now think about things that he was hoping he wouldn't have to think about. So I think a lot of what's going on in my night is because of how bad Juan has and Juan has been. Um but take nothing away from Hall. He took his chance, uh, and uh, I, I just I was grinning from ear to ear when he was peeling away with his celebration. That is probably the first time I've ever seen him smile, right? Because yeah. most of the time, he looks a very serious kid. Yeah, most uh, like Tino is proper down to earth, really humble kind of guy. So, oh, oh, oh thank, 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 thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. It's about the team, and then you see uh, Hall's like, yeah, you know, it's good, yeah, and then looks miserable as shit. Um, but he peels away from this one. I actually thought he was going to leg it all the way at the away fans. Uh, that's what I thought he was doing. But he, he obviously realised that where Eddie Howe's sliding on the knees, mags. So he just did the sliding on the knees and thing instead. But uh, props to him. Like that was that was a nice finish. And um, let, let's hope it's the first of many. Yeah, and I think it was just a glimpse, especially the the first half from Hall, a glimpse of what what he can do and and potentially the upgrade we can have at left back. If if he's defensively as good as, as Byrne, going forward, he's going to not only score goals, but he's going to get involved in the play just as Trips does on the other side. And it's going to make us a very difficult team to defend. And, I mean, he's not going to be scoring volleys every week from the edge of the box, but just being in that position, Dan Byrne for sure wouldn't have been in that position. So just being there and having that opportunity to to score the goal, I think is is a big thing. And, you're right, Anana moved like a ton of bricks and he's he, he's been terrible for, for them. And I mean, their whole team has been terrible, but he's been a, a symptom of how bad they've been. And it's, well, we're, we're lucky you're right, De Gea, mate. He, he sometimes pulls off those saves and who knows, it's a different game if if the goalkeeper gets down to him. But they did it and Hall, Hall scored and we managed to get to half time at 2-0. And so at half time, 2-0, you're thinking, all right, We've started well here. We've got an inexperienced team, a, a weird concoction of seven fullbacks and <laughs> untried players. But ha- how confident were you at halftime that we were going to continue this? Because I know from my perspective, I thought, look, we've been here many, many times, even at Old Trafford. I remember a, a few years back, might have been seven or eight years, we had to, a 2-0 lead after about 10 minutes. And we eventually coughed that up and they scored, I think, in the 94th minute. I think it was Hernandez scored in the in the last minute and they won 3-2. So especially at that ground, you're never confident holding a lead given the team we've had as well. So were you were you still shitting it at halftime thinking, yeah, 2-0, dangerous scoreline, they get an early goal, then we might be in a bit of trouble? 
Yeah, look, I mean, you, you, you've got to be a little bit realistic about these things. Like, you know, every time you kind of kick the hornet's nest, you expect to get a reaction. And all right, Man United this season are a, a very poor team. From the cohesion side of things, as much as anything else, they're like a, a bunch of individuals who yeah. don't appear to give that much of a shit about Manchester United, like the biggest club in the world. They don't seem to give that much of a shit about playing for that particular club. Or maybe it's just because they don't want to play for uh, Ten Hag. I don't know, but um, it could be it could be a combination of things. As opposed to Newcastle, where we've deliberately signed people, we have a policy of saying, first of all, no dickheads, right? So that's off the bloody league out of the way. Secondly, they have to want to come to us. If you don't want to come to us, piss off. We're not interested. You have to want to come here. And if it, if you happen to be a Newcastle fan, even better. There's three boxes you tick through <laughs> yeah. the door. But but it makes sense because you know you're going to get, if nothing else, you're going to get a willingness to try and, yeah. and play well for the club, regardless of how bad the results are. In fact, sometimes if the results are terrible, those are the kind of people who will drag you out the shit because they're the ones who care the most. Man United yeah. are in, in the doldrums right now for one reason or another, and obviously they're in the middle of a takeover that's just been dragging on and on and on and on. So there's uncertainty there as well. But nobody in that team, maybe with the exception of the likes of Rashford, who's from the area, and one or two others, have any real connection to that area, let alone the club. And there's, there's, and that's what happens. You, you get into a situation where the shit, and then nobody's there who gives a flying crap to get you out of it. Nonetheless, given that we had gone 2-0 up at half-time, 2-0 is always that dangerous scoreline. Oh, you know, 1-0, you have to get two. We did two, you haven't got enough. It's like, bloody hell, man. All right, just say we need three and be done with it. You know what I mean? It's like, jeez, you're just wasting oxygen at this point. So I assumed there was going to be a response. Anyway, getting back to the point, I assumed there was going to be a response from Man United. They did make a few subs. Um, I didn't expect to see Casemiro go off. I thought he was not the worst person on the pitch. I thought Anthony was terrible. Um, I don't like Anthony. He's such a twisty-faced, sour-faced twat bag like, of a player. Like, just look at him and go, oh, God, get out of my face, man. I He's got one move. Him. He's just got one move. He's literally, every single time, cuts it on his left. That, that's all he has. But, and if no, I, I can I say that from my couch, I'm sure proper fullbacks could say that. So he, he's just got no... He's got no second move. Yeah, he's but, just not a Premier League footballer. I, I don't, I don't, I don't give a shit about that necessarily. Like he could be the worst or the best of it. I don't really care about that. It's just his, his frigging overall attitude where he's like, yeah, he's frigging twisting the whole time. They've already got the lesser Bruno in the team to do that job. They don't need another sod to do it. Like you know, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. he's like, Ugh. how cool was it? Just like, like Gabriel Jesus you know at Arsenal. He's always got that whingy face on him. It's like, oh for God's sake, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know the highlight, like, yeah. You know what the highlight of the cup final was last year? Do you remember he tried to do those tricks on the sideline? And then Joe Linton came in, he goes, fuck this. And he tried so to completely kick the shit out of him. Um, and I, I thought that was fantastic. He's that sort of player that if even if you played with him, he's just that sort of bloke that you just probably wouldn't enjoy playing with because he's all about himself and looks like an absolute twat and <laughs> playing like one at the moment too. So uh Good, good on him and good on Manchester United for spending $80 million on uh, an absolute Oh, yeah. Pack. Keep it up. By all means, waste your money that yeah. you haven't got. Um, look, but to the point, though, I I did expect to have a response from United. Um, you don't really think that you're going to be able to maintain that 2-0, given that there's likely to be an onslaught in the second half. Um, 
and also the way it started like for the first 15 minutes it was basically all them wasn't it so you're thinking that this this is basically just a matter of time here exactly so look you, you touch on it the second half started obviously they were going to come out a little bit better than us and we had that two nil lead so we naturally sat a bit deeper and weren't as progressive with the ball we'll just sort of try to pick our moments on the on the counter attack which is fine it's perfect but for all that which for all that sort of i wouldn't even call it pressure for all their forward momentum so to speak they didn't test to bravka once in that start of the second half and they never really looked like scoring and it it even though it was a, it's a two nil lead and yeah it is a dangerous lead as much as you say it's not lead it is a dangerous lead australian football fans know Two nils a very dangerous lead, but it it didn't look like they were going to score. They they had a few crosses come in from the side, and Ganacho did a couple of things on the wing. But again, we looked solid enough, and that in itself for us to look solid enough. With all due respect, we've got Paul Dummett playing at centre back, who's been a left back all his life, and all of a sudden he's now a cup specialist centre back. We've got Emil <laughs> Kraft, who's hasn't paid for eighteen months. He probably has never played centre back before, especially in a game like as this big. So there's that, and we've got two young fullbacks who, again, have played probably a combined total of 180 minutes in the whole season. So we haven't got a who's who of a back four there. So you'd think they'd be testing us a lot more than they were, and and they weren't. So credit to credit to our structure and our organisation, and credit to our midfield as well, who were providing good cover and. In that midfield, that's where we got that third goal. It was it was Amrabat who lost the ball. It was a great challenge by Joe Linton oh, around the centre circle. Oh. And then prop, that man, prop, Joe Willock, it was that man, Joe Willock, with those long strides, those long legs, which we've missed desperately. He just kept driving towards the box. Man United, for some reason, backed off and said, come and have a shot. And he said, thank you very much. He <laughs> arrowed it into the bottom corner from the edge of the box and... I don't know what you were doing at 3-0, but I was driving to work and I was going absolutely ballistic as much <laughs> as I could while driving my vehicle safely on, on the roads of Melbourne. But how, how, how did you react to that Joe Willick uh, third goal? Um, yeah, it was it was special, wasn't it? Again, this is this is the kind of... He had nobody else with him, by the way. There was like It was literally nah, him was and, and, nobody, and yeah. nobody else because we yeah. weren't set up to, to bother anymore. But... Um, it was puzzling that Man United's defence, uh, Maguire and whoever else was alongside him, just kept backing off. off and backing off and backing off and backing off. And they sort of just gave him the space to run across the goal as well. Like he was coming in from the end, <laughs> from the side. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, the, if they had to just showed him down the side, he there's was no gone. danger because there's nowhere to pass to. Yeah. He's got nowhere yeah. to go. There's no, there's no risk, really, unless he does something sensational. And that's not really how Willock plays. Uh, in the close quarters kind of game. But they just kept backing off and backing off and they just opened up the entire in your box. Willock knows exactly which foot's his strongest. Obviously, it's his right. He runs across the box. And what I love about it more than anything else is that he doesn't blammo it. He doesn't, he doesn't just hulk it as hard as he can and hope for the best. He finesses that ball into the corner. He side foot strokes it into that corner. Again, I think Oana should be shot for not yeah, being able to see that game. He didn't get down. I know. He didn't get so, down. So bad. Like, where else do you think he's going, mate? 
Where's he going? You know, he's got his yeah. caravan behind him, tugging it along the end of the in your box. It's like he's overweight he... and he's got something on his back and he just can't bend down. But like Willock's like having a little jaunt along the side of the in your box with his caravan. He's gonna set up a bloody picnic table at some point and take a shot. Where do you think that's gonna be, mate? Where whereabouts on the in your box do you think it's gonna be? And where the hell should you be? Because you weren't exactly where it should have been. You're on the other side of the bloody park. It's just a puzzling, puzzling um keeping from 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 Manana. But it it was it was it was just rewards for for a, a good return to to yeah. a full game for for Joe Willock. Um, he's like a new signing. There you go. I've said it. He's like a new signing. <laughs> he he is, especially with people dropping like flies. You know, it's it the timing could not be any better. Like it really yeah. couldn't be any better to get an informed Joe Willock coming back into the team, as well as to say nothing of Emil Kraft, for example, who was also just coming back from injury. Uh, and he put a gunshot and could have almost scored himself with a header if he had a little, been a little <laughs> bit more composed about it. Like everybody was chipping in, um, but no, it was wonderful to see Willock do it. It does his knee slide because that's the rules apparently in Eddie House uh, shit house mags and um, three nil up and and that killed the game, didn't it? That was basically game over. And what was that? Yeah. That was what time was that? That was seventy two minutes. It was no. mid, yeah, exactly right. That no, was mid sixties. I reckon it was about half an hour to go. Uh, yeah, it was something like that, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was 60 minutes. Sorry, 60 minutes. 60 minutes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it was yeah. it was really early. And and the game yeah. really was done at that point. And Man United yeah, well, that was... didn't seem to give a I mean they made a lot of changes after this point, but they just didn't seem to care enough. It was baffling. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who didn't care. As soon as that third goal went in, it was a conveyor belt of people leaving the old, old Trafford. I'll tell you what. <laughs> After 70 minutes, the ground was about a quarter full and it would have been about 8,000 Geordies and about 8,000 corporates. And that was did, about it. Did you see the tweet from the official uh, yeah. customer card? <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, as funny as it was, yeah. just objectively, I was like, oh, why set yourself up for something like this next week when we get humped by Arsenal or something? You know, like, yeah. You've just set us up for another. Just, for, for a... just, yeah. Just for those who didn't see, I think they said the crowd tonight was uh, 73,000, but I think it said in brackets, there's definitely not that many there at the moment. It was so something along those lines. Awesome. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, feel, yeah. So, look, it, it, it's a great moment because, look, we've been there before where we've had leads, especially recently, and we've and we've blown them. So to get that third goal, we all probably thought 3-0 that the game is done, and it was done. The, the attitude of Manchester United after that, they said, okay, we're done. They barely fired a shot after that. We didn't even have to do anything. We almost even scored a, a fourth a couple of times. I mean, I don't know how you saw that longy volley, but that long star folly from my from my angle again in my in my Corolla with my phone on that dashboard, it looked like that was good. And the commentary, the way it sounded like it looked like that was gonna go in. So if that one went in, goodness gracious me, oh, I don't know what would it was oh. just wide, and it was, he couldn't have hit it any sweat. I mean, the ball, the volley, the, the it was a volley from outside the box. It sort of sat up absolutely beautifully for him, and he thought, "Look, I'm th- we're three 0 up. Let me just leather this." He leathered it so well that it went absolutely straight as an arrow. It didn't swerve or didn't have any sort of tail on it, because if it did, there was no way that rubbish goalkeeper Anana was getting anywhere <laughs> near it. So oh, it man. was, it was a shame oh, for him because he he was he was the captain for the day. It was his hundred fiftieth. He's been another very important member of the squad the last couple of seasons, and it would have just capped off a, a fantastic night for us. But 
To be honest, we didn't need a fourth goal. One would have been enough tonight because they didn't end up scoring. We kept a clean sheet at Old Trafford, which is not something we've done for a fair few years. I think after that 1-0 win we had in 2013 when Johan Kabayev scored, I think we had a 0-0 the year after at Old Trafford. And then after that, we haven't kept any clean sheets. So it was only our second win in, I think, over 40 years or 42 years, I think, something like that. Could you believe, Lee, that after all the batterings we've had at Old Trafford, we've had a lot better teams go to Old Trafford and and get our pants pulled down. Can you believe that a team let out by Sean Longstaff in the midfield, Emil Kraft and Paul Dummett at centre-back, Matt Ritchie at right wing, that team won 3-0 the clean sheet. Can you can you believe it? <laughs> no, I know anybody who says they can is a filthy liar. Uh, I'll yeah, die exactly. on that hill. <laughs> no, um, it, it, but this just comes back to what I said at the start, just a feeling of absolute pride in, in the way that these guys who are often forgotten, particularly the likes of Matt Ritchie, who by all me, by all accounts is doing a, a lot of great work behind the scenes with the kids and everything else. And in, in general with the first team, even, you know, like being like a bit of a cheerleader and sort of gene them up and uh, being one of the senior voices. And, and that's why Eddie Howe likes to keep him around because he sees that behind the scenes. We don't get to see that. We just get to see an old fart who hasn't played many games and every time he does play is a little bit suspect, to be honest with you. Like, let's be honest, Richie isn't a great player um, in, this, in this Eddie Howe team. No. Uh, you know, he's, once upon a time he could do a cross, now, now he really can't. Uh, but in this game, he, he played his part just as much as everybody else did. Um, and so, so you know, patting the back to him. But no, I, I you don't... You don't go. You don't expect to go to Old Trafford. You know, putting to aside for a minute the the shit show that they are right now. You don't expect to go to Old Trafford, a place that we haven't won in ten years, and, and whenever we do win, it's by the old goal. It's never three. This is like the most we've won in decades. Apparently, I can't remember what the actual stat is, but it's been a long time since we won by three goals um, at Old Trafford. You don't expect to go there with a team with six potentially fullbacks, another two on the bloody bench that you're going to bring on the goalkeeper that hasn't played. Two people returning from injury, no striker, and expect to go three and nil up on sixty minutes. And and you know what else is great? We limited them to two shots on target. They had more shots, yeah, but they were all shocking. They were all like killing pigeons, and knocking yep. the moon out of all. The the yep. two that had on target were actually not bad shots, but Debravka was able to um to to be from well out as well. They were from well out. Well, yeah, well, they're taking ranges because because yeah. they couldn't get past the defense made up by the way, like you say, of Kraft and Dummett and <laughs> two youngins on the on the wings. Like you don't expect this to happen, and um, it's just I'm just so proud of of the way they all come yeah. came together and and they, they played like an Eddie Howe team. It's so yeah. good to see them play for the first time together in that particular configuration and unit, but play like a like a first eleven almost in some ways. Yeah. But you can't ignore the elephant in the room, though. Man United are in so much trouble, like so, like really bad trouble. Ten Hag probably is going to get sacked. The club's going to get sold to the what do you call him, Radcliffe or whatever his name is, who hasn't got a lot of money, at least not the money that they need to to make significant changes from top to bottom and in a root and branch kind of refresh that they would have got from the Qataris. Probably they're in a world of trouble. They've got players who don't give a shit by the looks of things. Uh, they're not playing for the manager. 
The fans are up in revolt. I mean, you know, they've only won a few trophies. They've only won one trophy since last season. So they're obviously oh, frigging and tough life. Well, yeah. well annoyed with the way things are going right now. You know what I mean? So you, you can't ignore that whole sideshow, that, that circus that has been going on. We got yeah. them at a good time. I think it's fair to say that we got them at a pretty good time. Pretty much everyone else is going to get them at a good time until they sort this mess out. Um, but we got them in a particularly good time where once that first goal went in and then particularly when the second and definitely when the third went in, the heads just went out of it. And they're playing against yeah. people who they're playing against kids. like we, Who shouldn't be playing. Let, let's be honest. They're playing against people who in 2023 should not be playing this level of football. I mean, all due respect to these players, but Matt Ritchie for me isn't up to the standard anymore. And Paul Dummett, I mean, he's a great lad and he's had two unbelievable cup performances, but he's well short of a Premier League footballer standard, I think, at the moment. So we'll, we'll, we'll go we'll go through the stats quickly. I mean, the possession stat to me is is meaningless in this game because they were just passing around the back and barely, barely looked like they were threatening us. Shots on target, we've had five to their two, which, again, sounds about right because we've, we've scored three. They haven't gone near us. They had ended up having five corners to our two. But again, it wasn't a game where we felt like we were under pressure really at all. There was a couple of times where they had a bit of momentum in terms of territory, but we never felt like we were hanging on and they were getting in behind us to Bravka had to make save after save. And that's the most pleasing thing for me. I mean, with that team that we put out there, the fact that we were so comfortable for 90, 93, 94 minutes without, yeah. without them really testing the keeper, testing our new look defense. It's a credit to Eddie Howe. And we can't speak his we can't speak enough highly enough of him because for him to coach this team to to this performance, I mean you give credit to the players, yes, but to put the players in a position to perform as they did this morning, it's it's credit to Eddie Howe and it's credit to the character of this of this club. And and that's what we've got over them. And I think we're gonna have over them for a very long time as long as we've got Eddie Howe is we've got character and we've got absolute ballers in our in our team and doesn't matter who plays doesn't matter where we play we are going to give absolutely everything and that's all us as fans can can ask for it doesn't matter who's out there and who puts a shirt on everyone's going to be pulling and bleeding for the shirt and as a minimum as a supporter you're you're happy with that obviously the three nil result is great but if you get that every week you'll be you'll be pretty happy do you reckon uh my knight will try and poach Eddie Howe from... Uh, oh, fucking... From, let from him try. Let him <laughs> fucking try. I'll tell you what. I'd love to be... I'd love to be the Newcastle employee or the or the hierarchy who receives a call if they do receive a call when... <laughs> hello. When Ted Hug. Yeah, hello. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll go get Eddie. Just just get, give me one moment. We'll just put the phone yeah. on hold and just let him stay on hold for for, <laughs> for 10 hours of the day. But... Nah, look, there's that, there's no chance of that happening. I, look, I'd like to see Ten Hag stay, to be honest, because we play them in a month at St James's Park, and my gosh, if uh, if he's still in charge by then, I'm very confident that we'll we'll absolutely pants him at our home, and I'd love to do another another job on them. Since since the cup final, we've played them twice, and we've won five nil on aggregate, and and obviously we didn't win the one we should have won, or we're hoping to win, but. We've responded well. We've we've seemed to have gone one direction after that final result, and they've gone another direction. So, hopefully, he's still in charge in a month when they come to St James's Park, and we can put another three goals on them. That'd be that'd be nice. But in terms of uh, man of the match this morning, Lee, who do, who do you have as your as your best player? There's plenty to pick from, but who was your well, standout performer? 
I did originally go for in the group chat. I went for um, Big Joe because I thought he was dominating that midfield. He was breaking up play. He obviously set up the third goal. Um, but on reflection, it has to go to Tino. He 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 uh, he looks like he's been in that position yeah. in this in this team with all these players he that he's barely played with, like forever. Like he, some Fenders look like has got a long, long and illustrious career ahead of him at Newcastle if he keeps going the way he is. He's got the best mentor that he could ever ask for, teaching him the ropes um, in Kieran Trippier, one of the best right-backs in the country. Uh, I mean, what an education that's going to be. What an apprenticeship he's going to have uh, with Newcastle, with with Trips, uh, guiding him through it. But I'm not even sure that he really... Needs it so much because he's yeah he's, he's so good he's, anyway. he looks phenomenal already. Yeah. <laughs> you know, credit to Southampton and and in their academy if that's if that's where he came through. I know we're bought from Southampton, but I can't remember. I don't know what his history was exactly. Chelsea but, uh, was it Chelsea before? Chelsea, right? Well, credit to all the trainers who brought him up and through the ranks and what have you, because you know just on the basis of the the fleeting moments that we've seen him and the ninety minutes today, he looks like an absolute bargain. I don't yeah. care if you know how much we pay for him. He looks sensational. If he can stay fit, we know he had that bad injury, so there's you've got to be careful about that. But if he can stay fit and when his time comes, he's going to slot into the system straight away and he's going to be electric. He looks absolutely fantastic. Tino for me. What about you? Yeah, it has to be Tino. I mean, it's two from two from him because he was, he was BOG against City at St. James's Park and he's He's been BOG here at Old Trafford. I mean, the the guy is unbelievable. I mean, I don't think I don't think he'd be on the bench for for many Premier League teams. I think probably Manchester City with Kyle Walker is, is one that he probably would be, not be starting. But there wouldn't be many other teams that he wouldn't be starting. He he looks an absolute jet, and I think we're going to look back in two or three years and think, geez, we only paid thirty million for him. He's probably worth double or triple that. He's he he Good, looks man. he an absolute star in the making and i mean he's already playing top level football he, he's been man of the match two cup games in a row as a right back mind you right backs don't usually get man of the match it's usually the the strikers or the creative players or or even the goalkeepers yep. if they have great games he has virtually bossed two games from right back at old trafford and against manchester city so full credit to tino because he hasn't been playing it's not like he's sharp in terms of match fitness he's He's just strolled in with his nonchalant attitude and just dominated twice. And mm. I, I'm I'm so excited to see him play. Whenever Trippier decides to hang the boots up, it's an unbelievable player we've got waiting in the wings. And yeah, T- Tino for me was best on ground, and I can't wait to see what he does at uh, at Stamford Bridge. Just just on that draw as well, we've drawn Chelsea away. I mean, mm-hmm. there's got to be something going on with this draw, surely. <laughs> How can you? Draw. I knew it. Manchester I knew you were City. going to bring this up. I knew it. Manchester City and then <laughs> Manchester United away and then Chelsea away. It'll only be fitting if we knock off Chelsea, which I think we're a decent chance to do. It'll only be fitting to draw Liverpool away in the semi-final <laughs> and we'll just get we'll just get, get the trifecta of the so-called big four. And uh yeah, it's a, it's a disgrace to be fair. But look, we'll play anyone anywhere. That's what Eddie Howe's attitude will be. So I'm sure the players will, will enjoy enjoy a trip down to London. I'm sure there'll be another five or 6,000 Geordies going down to London as well. And 
The game, I think, is a week before Christmas. So we've got about a month and a half before that game comes along. So yeah. hopefully we can get a few troops before before that game and we can put in... I mean, it's harsh on the the boys who played this morning, but you'd hope we can put a bit a, a few more first team first team players in that in that team. I think Matt Ritchie probably won't play, but <laughs> hopefully Tino, Tino and Louis, Louis I mean Lewis Hall could be he might not be able to play because he's he's a on loan from Chelsea still. He might be cup tied, but hopefully it's a very strong team and we can get the job done at, at the bridge. But um what are your thoughts on that Chelsea draw just quickly, uh, Lee, in terms of uh the quarterfinal? Well I'm pleased it wasn't Liverpool because I probably would have lost. Um I would have preferred a home yeah. Uh fixture for obvious reasons. Um but you know Chelsea are in a bit of a transition with uh, Poch being in charge this season and still trying to find a bit of identity. They did win obviously because that's how we're paying them. They did win in the uh, Carabao same round as us. Uh they've they've pulled one or two results together, but they have also been beaten at Stamford Bridge a few times as well. Yeah. Um, I think Wolves won down there and one Forrest of won. there too. I mean Forrest for God's sake. So yeah. but there but that was earlier in the season. So I think my my spidey sense tells me that by the time this next round comes around, Chelsea will be a little bit more cohesive in the way they play. So I don't think we can look at it the way they have been so far this season and expect them to be that way come a week before Christmas. And we we are away, um, and amongst all the other games we've got going on, a home tie. I would have been far more confident about it. Don't get me wrong; I think we can still beat them. Uh, whether or not we want to beat them to have two more bloody games in this competition, I don't know. It kind of gets to the business end, doesn't it? So you start to think, well, yeah. you know, we've beaten Man, we've, we've dominated Manchester essentially. The whole of Manchester is black and white now. Yep. Bring anybody on, we'll give them a game. Um, but like last season, we had the, we strolled to the final. Really, we didn't have any kind of the fixtures were pretty kind to us. And then this time yeah. around, it's like bloody looking in the mirror, like inverse bloody fixture machine, and we're getting all the absolute shit house maybe ties. You know? Maybe that means we'll get maybe that means we'll get Borough in the final, or we'll get like a Port Vale in the final. Maybe that'll uh, be the I mean, reverse psychology. I, yeah. I would I would take that. I would take that. I would have fancy my chances in those games, but then you never know how those teams are gonna it's a it's a cup final for everybody. You, 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 there's no easy games yeah. anymore. Um so I so I would have preferred one at home. We can beat Chelsea, but I think there'll be a different it'll be a different Chelsea by the time this round comes around. So I would have preferred a slightly easier um draw. But you take what yeah. you get. We've just destroyed months. We've we've destroyed the triple winners and we've just destroyed the cup holders. Like people should be fearing us. Chelsea should be fearing us, not the other way around. Put it that way. Yeah, I, I think I think that's beautifully put. I think teams are going to start. I mean, they're probably already taking notice of us, but I think teams are going to start really not wanting to play us anymore. I think they've they've seen what we can do at our best. We've we've put eight goals on teams. We've we've demolished teams four 0 recently, and now we've gone with a virtually a, not even a B team, a C team, and and won three nil at Old Trafford. It was a C team. I mean, t- people think it's a B team. There's no way these guys are even in the 18. So you can't even say it's a, it's a B team. But we've gone and won at Old Trafford 3-0. So I think teams, you're right, are going to fear us. And who knows what our squad will look like in, in a month and a half. Hopefully, it'll look better. And and we've got the ability to put a good team out there. And you're right, if we get through Chelsea, I mean, we've got to start taking this competition 
seriously <laughs> again and think, look, we're only two more games from Wembley again and yeah. let's let's see if we can do it. But um, there's still plenty of football before before then. There's a there's a Premier League game this weekend against Arsenal. We've hopefully will respond in the league after a couple of draws away from home. And obviously we're not going to do a preview on that one right now, Lee, but just a prediction. Do you have a, any prediction about how that game will go at St. James's? Well, I fully expect us to lose this one. Um, we don't as do well do. against Arsenal as I do. I'm, I'm always full of positivity as you know, uh, I, yes. I, we, we don't do well against Arsenal. Truth be told, um, they are, their squad's stronger than ours. We've got a lot of injuries. I'm not sure what their injury situation is, but um, I'd be bloody surprised if it's anything like us. I imagine we'll go with the likes of Pope, Trips, Blasels, Shaw, Burn, Longy. Do you think Longy will get another run out? Because that was a full game. He has to. There. There's no one else. There's no one else. All right. So Longy, Bruno, Joe again, Joe Linton. He, he's not played much, so he'll get in. Uh, Wilson. I mean, it could be the same team as against Wolves, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. But the fact that we have Kraftback who can play Tino Hall, um, Willick. we've lost target. Obviously, Joe Willock is a huge, huge thing for us. Uh, and also, don't forget, Bruno didn't get a yellow card. Like he's been on a bloody tightrope for the last two games, and he's managed to somehow navigate it <laughs> to um, to avoid getting banned for this Arsenal game when it looked like it was entirely on the cards. Um, <clears throat> I think we'll lose, but. Um, I don't know. I, I I I don't think we're quite in the place with the injuries and everything to beat Arsenal right now. So I think we'll probably lose, but hopefully we don't get humped. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll get humped. I'm, I'm always the optimist, opposite to you. But I, I think with the good times and the and the good feelings from this morning, I I think we can get a result. We may not win, but I definitely think we can get a, a draw. So I'll I'll predict a draw right here, right now, and I I think it'll be. Another Desmond, another two-two. So, I mean, if you signed up for a draw now, we'd probably take it, hmm. and that leads us with probably good, good form and good momentum leading into that huge Dortmund game next week. So, we'll have a review of the Arsenal game probably on Sunday night, and we'll have another a massive review of the of the Arsenal of the uh, Borussia Dortmund game. Sorry, midweek, which is another huge Champions League Champions League game. But that's all we've got time for. Tonight, it was a, an unbelievable morning for every Newcastle United fan all over the world. It's a, a rare occasion we beat Manchester United. And if you've got any Manchester United mates, first of all, why do you have Manchester United mates? But if you do have <laughs> Manchester United mates, make sure you mention to them that uh, we gave them a spanking with our C team and revel in it because it doesn't happen very often. But uh, Lee, thanks for your time and we'll catch you on the next one. Cheers, Demi. I already spoke to my mate, Joe. He's like, yeah, 10 arcs cooked. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few hours anyway. Yeah, cheers, Demi. Thanks, everyone.